Yeah, so <clears throat> I bring greetings from uh, Gateway Fellowship in Colombo, and uh, we're spending time with uh, uh, Ray and you, Andre, just planning and dreaming what, uh, what it looks like when you guys come over, hopefully a number of you. And um, yeah, Sri Lanka, you know, is, is they really need Jesus. Every nation does, of course, we all say that, but I think, you know, just being living there, next weekend we celebrate seven years as a church and as a fellowship and reaching into the community. And it's got its challenges, but we're excited. We want to host you, and we just, uh, we're just planning, strategizing sometime in Colombo and then sometime up what we call up country, up in the mountains, and we'd love to have you and to expose you to the church and to the people of Sri Lanka. Amen. I also bring greetings from Bertus and Liesel. Some of you might know them, some of you not. They lead the church in Rack. I was speaking to them this morning, and they just say that, you know, just send they, to send their love. So it's, it's good. It's exciting. And it's a privilege for Zuna to be here. You know, um, it's just coming back home in a sense, you know, with Solomon and Lee and Rain Lynette. We were part of the leadership of this church, and it was just some good memories and some good, you know, just seeing the move of God. Um, I want to start, I just want to share something. Many of you have just come back from holiday. Some of you are, are maybe new in, in, in the city, new in the church. And I, I just felt I needed to share something in, in terms of, of the kingdom as you look at what the year ahead will bring for you and just share a couple of things. And, and really, I want to ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 as we're just going to touch on a little bit of, of the kingdom. I just pray that, Lord, that... Your word will not return void, but it will accomplish everything it's set out to do this morning in Jesus' name. You know, I think it's important that we understand that Jesus' mission and his teaching all centered around the kingdom of God. And if you look at Matthew 6, which is going to be touching on verse 33, but really from verse 25 onwards, the picture is this. Jesus knows everything that you will ever need. But the proviso, the underlining, the, what, we, what we stand on is Matthew 6.33 that says, Seek first his kingdom. That's got to be the foundation, amen, church? That's got to be the foundation. NET says the following. It says, but above all, pursue his kingdom. So we seek it, we pursue it. It's not just lethargic, we sit and wait for it to come. There's a response required from every single one of us. And it's important for us in terms of, of how we do life. It's important in terms of when we understand what the kingdom is about, we position ourselves to live this out. Because positioning speaks about an awareness of who God is and who we are not and God's plan and purpose and that we align ourselves with what God has for us. And so there's an expectation, right, as we, as we grow and as mature in our faith and as we, we enter into this journey of faith with Jesus, that we, we, we grow and that, we, that we, our understanding of the kingdom of God increases. And I want to say to you, I love the pursuit of the kingdom. I think that it, it, is, it is foundational because it's the revelation of God's heart for us. It's for us to understand who God is. And so how do we live this out? How do we put this into practice? And how should we be living? And for us as, as Gateway Fellowship, for this year, our focus has only been the kingdom of God. 
We've been looking at it. We've been making place and space for the manifestation of God's kingdom. We've been trying to understand what it looks like. And so we've been working through the Gospel of Mark and, uh, since the beginning of, of this year. And we've only got to Mark chapter 9 last week. And you think, that's boring. Do me a favor. Go through Mark 9. Go through the Ch- Gospel of, of, of Mark. It's such an exciting book. And, and it's just this continual revelation of the kingdom. And we're invited to be part of that. You know that. We are invited to be part of that. And so, you know, as, as I look at you and, and I see you've come, f- you know, this is where the nations meet in this church. You've come from all over the globe. I've come from Sri Lanka to be here with you today. But we come together and, and so there's, there's, yes, we come with a different focus. Many of us come with different ideas why we came here. We've got different jobs and different careers. We've got, we've got all these things that is going for us. But in spite of that, exactly as what Ray said, we've each got a calling. And you might think you're here for a job, but if you stopped and asked God, what have you called me to do here in this city and in this nation and as part of this church? Because there is a planning. God has called every single one of us. He's called us, calls us, and we have to step into that calling. And part of that is the kingdom of God. And I know we've got the, the things that we have to do, right? We have to work and we have to provide for our families. We have to be a good husband and a good wife and, and all these things that, that, that just mill around our lives. And, and there's no denying we need to deal with them. But the question is, these things that, that have to take our time and do take our attention, but do they become a source of distraction from what is the main thing? And the main thing is we read in Matthew 6.33 is to seek the kingdom. And so I just we want to look, at, I want to look around that for, for a little bit this morning. And, um, you know, what does it look like when now you've... You know, speaking to some of your teachers and you're so excited about Sunday and what that brings and some of you starting work, some of you are just settling in and there's the hecticness of life. But in all of that, can I ask you this question? What is the priority of God in your life today? Where does it fit in? What does it look like for you to pursue the kingdom? The scripture is very clear. That, that before we do anything else, before we do anything else, that we need to make the pursuit of the kingdom our first priority. We have to do the other stuff. There's no denying it, but is God our first priority? And when we talk about the kingdom of God, it is the dynamic rule of God in our lives. Solomon and Lee, they positioned themselves in obedience in Abba. And we've seen God's provision. You think that's a chance? Or it's luck? Or is it the provision of God because the dunamis power, the revelation of God has been revealed through, through what they are doing in obedience? And the thing is this, what we need to understand, church. If you go to Matthew 6.33, what does it say? It says, seek first or pursue it means it's on us. It's on you and on me to pursue. It's not going to land on our laps. The onus is on each and every single one of us in that pursuit of the kingdom. 
And we might not fully understand everything, but we need to start somewhere so we can journey it. And the invitation, and this is it, Jesus saying, pursue, come. And so we need to position ourselves for this encounter. We need to position ourselves to pursue the kingdom. And, and so when we position ourselves, I hope you, you, you remember this picture, is that first, our positioning is horizontal. It's you and God. It's your encounter with God, and only then can the rest follow. Seek first his kingdom. The rest will follow. Might not follow the way you want it to be. It doesn't mean that you're going to live a happy life, or, or not, rather, let me rephrase it, that everything's going to come easy. But if you're positioned correctly, it means you're able to, to pursue. God's kingdom is not a piece of real estate. It is his presence. And as Solomon said, there's, there's, there's a pursuit that needs to, to happen. There's a hunger that needs to follow. And the thing is this, it's the circumstances don't matter. It doesn't matter what you're going through. And some of you might be going through some very deep waters today. And some of you have gone through some deep waters. But the circumstances do not cancel out who God is. It doesn't cancel out his word for all of us. It doesn't negate his love for you and I. So we mustn't allow circumstances to change our thinking and saying, is the pursuit of the kingdom worth it? There's nothing else. There's got to be a priority in our lives. And so the question is, when, when you're facing life, in life we live in a broken world with broken people, and we come here to receive healing, but we go out there and we carry something. When we live life, the key is, do we invite and recognize God in all that we do and experience and respond to? Is there an invitation? Do we make place and space for God? Because the kingdom is here. The fullness we will encounter one day. But it's on us to seek it. It's on us for, to prioritize our lives and to live our lives in, in a balanced manner that reflects the, the priority of God in all that we do. Because it doesn't just define our identity, it shapes us. And it helps us to respond every day. I've been debating whether to share this. Um, you know, and sometimes when you share words of encouragement or prophetic words or words of knowledge, what it does is the word might be for somebody, but what it does, it reveals God's heart. It reveals his nature. And so we can draw comfort for that, right? We can say, if this is my God who does this for that person, he can do it for me. And so there's, there's a word I wanted to share with Johanna Meralda, and, and I t- tussled with God whether to do it privately or today, and I just felt that it's, it's a word for you, but I think it's a word that will encourage others, and I was really blown away by the name that you chose for your baby girl, Elia. God has answered. And you know, we've, you've gone through some very deep waters, and we could only... Those of us here, those in other countries, we could just stand by and pray for you as you guys contended 
as you guys fought a battle that only you could fight to make God your priority. And by naming your child the way you have, you've drawn a line in the sand. And I just feel a sense of pleasure from God. You know, in, in, in Genesis 22, we see Abraham take Isaac to sacrifice him. He was the gift. He was the fulfillment of the promise. And on the journey, Isaac says to his dad, Dad, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, we've got everything, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide. They get to the mountaintop, and they get to this place where Abraham has to type his son. And let me tell you something. There's, there's something, we, we focus on Abraham, which is right, but I think we need to understand Isaac was about 18 years of age. His dad was an old man. He could have pushed him away and run away. But he also stepped into the provision of God. And that word, Jireh, that we sing, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, the provision of God, you know, it's only found in, 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 in that chapter. Because that word Jireh is actually used over 1,900 times and actually means God sees. And I just felt I need to share with you, and for those of you listening, maybe you're going through tough times, I want to say to you that God sees. When God created and he saw that it was good, Jireh. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, it says that man sees the outward appearance, but God sees the heart of man. And God has seen your heart. And what you're contending for and you continue to contend, God sees you. I want to say to you, God is not blind and God is not deaf and his arm is not too short. As you continue, in a sense, to make God your priority. And I pray, church, that if you find yourselves in a difficult situation, never forget that Jehovah Jireh, God sees you. God is our provider. He's sovereign. He's the rule and reign. It's his, but we pursue him. Amen. Um, so if I had to sum up everything I've said, then what I'm going to say is this, is that we need to live focused, church. And God has to be that priority. Everything else will follow. Their priority is the pursuit of the kingdom. Yeah, good. And I, I know it's easier said than done, right? We've got good intentions. We, we want to do this right. We want to honor God. It's almost like, you know, what, what Paul said to the Romans, and yeah, it's, it's out of context, but, you know, he was talking about the law and sin when he says, but the things I want to do, I, I don't do, right? And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And, and sometimes it's like that for us. We want to pursue God, but we, we, we get it wrong. But the thing is, we need to be aware of that, that. Because slowly but surely, if we don't correct ourselves, and this is what I really want to talk about, is the danger of distraction we don't correct ourselves slowly but surely we push God to one side because to pursue and to seek the kingdom requires effort it requires times when you need to push through when it just seems easier to change direction and to give up and we need to pursue God and God is generous, and he knows the times that we really need more than just maybe the way you do church or the way you do your devotions with God. God is gracious, and he gives you mountaintop experiences. I think Solomon has it more than most of us, especially where he's positioned. Amen. 
But the mountaintop experiences are these times, these encounters, and it could be over a couple of days or just once in a while where you feel strengthened and encouraged and, and you know you can take on the world. Think of Mark 9, you know, uh, Peter, James, and John goes up the, go up the mountain with Jesus and, and you see the full glory of Jesus when he's transfigured. And not only that, I mean, he, they, they see Moses and Elijah, the, the symbol of the law and the prophets who point towards Jesus. I mean, who doesn't want that? And not only that, they, they, they are overcome by the presence of God and, and they have these mountaintop experiences. And you guys, I trust that you've had that. The thing is this, when they came back to, down the mountain, they must have been on a high and, and they walk into this situation where this father has brought his child to be freed from demon possession and it's not going well and it's chaos and the father's screaming and crowd is coming and there's noise and isn't it sometimes like that you've had this encounter and you come out your room you get into your car and it's like it goes pear-shaped it does and the choice is this then that we have are we going to allow ourselves to be distracted by the noise or are we going to choose to prioritize God that's on us. Church, that's on us. And as you start this new year, in a sense, or, you know, uh, after the holidays, where's your focus going to be? Because distraction happens that quick, right? It happens very quick. And before you know it, you're off on a tangent and you lose everything. I want to ask you to turn with me to Mark, uh, sorry, Luke 10. This is the story of Mary and Martha, and, and Jesus comes to the house, and as he walks in, the first thing that, that Mary does is she plonks herself at Jesus' feet, and she's like a sponge, and she absorbs everything that he's teaching. She has an encounter. She made Jesus her priority. And Martha's running around, if you read from, you know, um, from Esther, she's running around, and she's serving, and she's doing what a good hostess does, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, in a sense. Hospitality is highly valued in the region. But was it the right time? Was it the right thing? And so she gets a bit bent out of shape, and Jesus calls her out on it. And I'm just going to read this from verse 38. And Jesus and his disciples were on the way, and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened a home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Church, it comes down to choices. Do we choose the priority of God? Or by our actions do we get distracted? I mean, what Martha was doing wasn't wrong, but it wasn't the main thing, was it? It wasn't the priority of what needed to be done. And we want to do good. I, I do think so. Often our intention is, God, I want to honor you. I want to start this year, and I, and I want to pursue you. And, but then sometimes we get sidetracked. We get so involved with maybe the work of God that we miss out on the God of the work. And things go pear-shaped because we get distracted. I want to say this to you, that 
distraction is, we can't go around saying, oh, you're distracted, it's, it's demonic, it's not. But distraction is a tool in, 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 in the tool belt of, of Satan, right? Not all distraction is evil, but he, it's something that he can use. And distraction comes so easy. And distraction means that we become ineffective when it comes to things of the kingdom. We get distracted because we've got a career to pursue. We want to put in the hours or, or we're pursuing status or whatever it may be. We spend more hours on social media than what we should. And there are times when we get distracted. Sometimes we just need to switch off and, you know, just to get some sanity. But, but what I'm talking about is that anything that draws our attention away from God, anything that it becomes a lifestyle where we live distracted, when that happens and we don't correct ourselves, I want to say to you that we move into idolatry. That's a harsh word. Because idolatry really means that our heart focus is shifted and, is, and, 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 and so we take God, the, the priority of God in our lives is shifted and something else takes its place. And then it becomes an idol. Then we step into idolatry. We need to value the priority of God in our lives. We need to ensure that we do not live life distracted. The thing is this about distraction, right? Nobody can force you to be distracted. Think about it. I can't hold a gun to Zurich's head and say, be distracted. I won't talk about the repercussions. <laughs> you know, I was sharing with... Uh, you Andre Meralda last night, there's a t-shirt that I think is quite good, and, and for some of you, you might enjoy it. And the t-shirt's for men, and it says, I told my wife to embrace her mistakes, and she hugged me. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there, right? <laughs> but the thing is, about distraction, right, we keep going back to that thing. Nobody can force you. You become distracted, because you make a choice. And so... It's, it's just this awareness of, of what we should be doing. Because otherwise we lose sight and we lose the ability to hear what it is that God is saying. Can I ask you just to turn with me to Mark chapter 4? Mark 4. And this the Mark onwards, right, is just... Actually, from three onwards, it's just—it's all really the revelation of the king, the healing of the Sabbath, and all. In Mark four, you know, Jesus talks about the parable of the sower, the lamp on the stand, and so on. But and these parables are really a spiritual truth that comes alongside a daily truth, something that we live out, so we can see the practical application. Sometimes we have to work at it, right? We have to work to understand what it is Jesus is saying, and then we've got to work at how do we apply this thing. But the important thing for me in, in terms of uh, uh, the parable, it also reveals God's heart and his nature. Once we understand, you know, that, that, that everything that Jesus taught us is worthy of it all. The treasure in the field that is worthy of everything that we have to pursue it. You know, the, the producers of, of The Chosen, it's Angel Studios. And, and if you've got the app, you can watch a number of movies. 
on there that they've created, and one of them is called Testament, which is something, it's a parable written in 21st century approach. And in it, there's a story about this family who give everything. They give it all for the treasure in the field. Because they've made God their priority. And it's a journey. And so I just encourage you to watch that. But so, um, and so what Jesus says in Mark 24, 23 says this, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. You see, that can't happen if you're distracted. Continues in verse 24. It says, consider carefully what you hear, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has, more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. The question is this. Are we, are we positioned correctly? Have we made God a priority? Are we hearing what God is saying to us through Scripture, through the sermons, through the encounters that you have with God, and then what are you doing about it? Because there's an expectation. Jesus is very clear about that. Because we are all called to something, as Ray said earlier. The danger with, with distraction is that it works in opposition. It prevents us from doing the stuff of the kingdom because we're not hearing what God is saying. You see, when we hear and we do, we, we, we grow in maturity and in effectiveness where distraction brings unproductivity and immaturity. And those are the choices that people have. You know, and, and, and distraction is dangerous. Paul writes, to, writes in the letter of Hebrews in chapter 5. I'm just going to read to you from verse 11. He says this, on this topic, we have much to say. But it's difficult to explain since you have become sluggish in hearing. I'm reading from the NET. The NIV says this, because you no longer try to understand. So it says, for though you should be, in fact be teachers by this time, you need someone to teach you the beginning elements of God's utterances. You've gone back to needing milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced in the message of righteousness because he's an infant. But solid food is for the mature, whose perceptions are trained by practice to discern both good and evil. So there's a benefit in the pursuit of the kingdom. There's a benefit in becoming mature. There's a benefit in, in, in making God a priority. And it comes back to what we read in Matthew 6.33. This is only going to happen if we seek his kingdom. If above all else, we pursue God's kingdom. And it shifts the way we look at life. It shifts our response to life. In John 10, Jesus talks about the, sh the shepherd, the good shepherd and the sheep. And he says, the sheep know my voice and the sheep follow me. And that can only come from a place of intimacy. To hear what God has to say can only come from a place of intimacy. We can only follow the one whom we know. And the thing is with distraction. And it's not a surprise, but one of the first things that, that goes by the wayside when people live a distracted lifestyle is prayer. Prayer goes. For whatever reason, it just loses its value. And so one of the things I ask our church family in Colombo when I sit down and meet them one-on-one, -on -one, one of my questions they know, I'm going to ask them this, is how's your devotional time? And I get responses from, hey, it's going great. 
I want to hear what, you know, and then the other, sometimes people say, it could be better. That to me, um, it's like a, a red flag to a bull. I just want to pursue that thing. I want to understand why. And often, more often than not, I say nine times out of ten, it's because people are distracted. Social media, this, that, whatever. And so, we need to understand, we need to live a life of balance, not pursuit. In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul is addressing something. People in church say, I can do all things. But then his response is, but not everything is beneficial. People say, I can do all things, but not everything is constructive. So let's find a balance in what we do. Let's be intentional about uh, fighting distraction and remaining focused. It's worth it. We call ourselves Gateway Fellowship. Gateway is just to identify fellowship is what we do, first with the Father, and then we can do everything else. And we love to eat and we love to do things as a church, but at first it's got to come from an encounter with God. And so you can see the fruits in people's lives. If somebody's distracted, you see it in the prayerlessness. You see it in, in the attitude towards church and being part of a community. But if somebody's focused and prioritized, you see the fruits in their lives as well. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And, and, and fruits, you know what a fruit is? We all have got a seed. See this potential. Fruit is the outcome. And God wants to see the outcome in our lives. Fruit is a sign of maturity. And so I, I'm going to close. But I, I, church, I hope that I've stirred something within you, an awareness of the dangers of distraction, but more importantly, a desire to prioritize the kingdom of God. As you've come back from holidays, as you've got dreams and plans, is God part of that mix? Is God the priority? Jesus was focused on the kingdom. He taught time and time again, hear what I have to say, do what I do. You can do these things, but it's got to come from a place of priority. And distraction is so easy, isn't it? It's habit forming so quickly. So much so that we never see the truth. Think of the Pharisees. They were so involved in the law, and they were so focused on things such as the tithe, and how do we tithe cumin and, and, and and, and all of these things, you know, that, that, that they couldn't see the truth behind them, before them, which is Jesus. There was Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. And they're worried about how we're going to tithe cumin. Distraction. So I want to say to you, church, we, it's, there's no other way to say it, but we each have a responsibility to seek the kingdom, to pursue Jesus, to understand what it is revealed in Scripture. And so there's got to be a balance in what you do. And the balance first begins with Jesus. The balance begins by seeking the kingdom. And then everything else can follow. It doesn't exclude difficult times. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have good times or bad times. But what it does is it, it, it positions us to be able to step into what God's calling us to that we won't be distracted, we fight against distraction, that we won't be confused when things are happening because we've heard the voice and we know the voice and we know when God is speaking to us. We know the voice of the shepherd and we follow him. There has to be pursuit over distraction. And it's on us. We are called to seek. We are called to pursue. 
I want to ask you, just, you know, you need to do some introspection in your lives. I'm saying you, you put everything, your dreams to one side, but I think you need to look at the order of where God fits in and the rest will follow. And, and God's got great plans. He's sovereign. But we need to, for us to hear that, we need to be aligned with, with God. And so I want to close, actually, I want to close with a song, and then if it's okay, we're, we're going to pray. And uh, there's a song that's sung by a woman called Sarah Lieberman. She's a Messianic believer. And I think it's, for me, it's a very powerful song, very symbolic, especially in the video as well. And the song is called Hineni, and it means I'm here. It's a declaration not from God to us, but us to God. God, I am here. In other words, I am not distracted. And so in this video, it's actually Abraham and Isaac and Sarah. And you see this this play out before them because there's a second meaning to Hineni, which means even before you ask, you have my yes. Church, what does that look like for you? That even before God asks you to do and to live, that he really has your yes. Yeah. Because God is your priority. Yeah. And in this video, you see Sarah crying out to the people, the, 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 the actors, crying out to Abraham when he's going to go take his son away. And Abraham says, my God. You see the part where Isaac is fighting being tied up, but then he says, God, you have my yes. And you see Sarah's response in worship. So I want to leave you as you watch this video. Does God have your yes even before he asks? Can we, can we, can we play, please? <laughs> 